Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying coworker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Huckfanatic.com brought to you by Deary Brothers Ford, Patrick Eads, and a staff on Mormon Trek. Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for cars. Also brought to you by GT Car and his crew at Supel's Building and Remodeling. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Supel's Flowers, home of 1-800-800-ROWS. The Midtown Family Restaurants. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers 101, South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. Premier Automotive in North Liberty. The Oxyoke Inn in the Amanas. Streets Maintenance, Wild Rose Casino in Clinton, Dirk Sterner Taxidermy, Dr. Lance Forbes, Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. Here's Tom Suter and from HawkFanatic.com, here's Pat Hardy. Thanks, Cap. Very welcome. We are here. It's a drizzly day, 57 degrees on Christmas. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Christmas Eve, 52 on Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we are very fortunate. Unbelievable. I mean, we could easily have five, six inches of snow oh, right yeah. now. I posted a uh, picture came up on my Facebook memories. We had snow last year at this time. Did we? I'm yeah. sure we've had snow lots of times yeah. in late December. Yeah. Yeah, this is wild. Looks like we're going to make it all the way through December without much of anything. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. how it looks. Yeah, no. I'll take it. That means January and February are just going to knock the hell out oh, of us. Oh, yeah. Supposed to be warmer than normal. Well, they did say it was going to be a mild winter. Yeah. So I'm not complaining. Well, but they didn't say it was going to be more like uh, spring. Well, yeah, no, 57. <laughs> that's 57. On, that's I would rather have 30 with some snow on Christmas Eve. That's just me. I, I guess. I, I like having a little bit of snow on Christmas. I but, guess. But I'll take it. I'll take it. It is what it is. I'm so. just devastated that we only get to be an hour. What am I going to do from 10 to 11? Where do I go? <laughs> Who do I rely on? You can listen to the uh, wonderful. I'll just drive uh, Amy. I'll just drive around the car, just, just clutching onto the police. We're twenty twenty three. Yes, and it will be on YouTube, and it will be recorded. I've got like a dozen questions. Well, are you going to record this? That was the most watched video we had on our uh, on our uh, YouTube channel last year. Was the twenty twenty two police reports Hall of Fame? Well, how about that? Yeah, what's that say? 
I don't know. <laughs> oh, and you got society is. And this has, like he said, this has nine months of normal police reports, right? Not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then we got the stuff for the rest of the year too. We still had. Well, no, but I'm just saying this has stuff. the old style. Yeah. 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 Most of it's the old police reports. Yeah. yeah. So, but all right. Well, at least I know I'm being replaced by something incredible. You know. <laughs> So this will actually be an hour long, which is what it's supposed to be, right? That's what it originated it's, as. Yeah, I think it lasted one day. Yeah. <laughs> and then Adam is going to call her around 9.15. He said, talk some Iowa hoops. And That's always good. Yeah, the women won last night. Um, what was the parking? Was it a cluster over there? Actually, it wasn't. Maybe workers got off early since it's I mean, we, Ann and I left the house about 10 after 4, thinking we were going to run into a bottleneck, and we just went straight to Bill Ackerman's. So what, did you get to the game an hour and a half before it started? Uh, no, because it started at 5. Oh, 5, that's right. So we got there about, oh, I don't know, 20 after 4. That's a, so yeah. about 4. And had a tenderloin? I, no, no. I had a beer. And no it was tenderloin. It was good. No. Then what'd you have when you got home? Wine or No, we went out to met some friends at Monica's. Wine or Scotch? At Monica's yeah. wine. Wine. They have good wine there? Yeah. You know, you were telling me, uh telling everybody about how you called Mediacom and they told you to stream. You they told me to buy yeah, told me Roku. to get Hulu. No Hulu. Or Hulu. Well, I called yesterday. Now we started out paying two thirty, and I don't have you know any premiums on the thing or anything. And then we got a bill yesterday for three oh five, and I called up the and I said I want to talk to customer retention uh, at MediaCom, and they put the woman on, a nice nice lady and everything, and she said I said this is ridiculous. I mean, I don't even have any premium channels. Well, you know what you can do? Uh, you can uh, uh, save a lot of money by dropping cable yeah. and getting a Roku and getting YouTube TV. Yeah, with me, they said Hulu. So she suggested you drop their service. So did the other person I yeah. talked to. <laughs> so did the person I talked to. They said, well, get rid of the... Yeah, they told Hulu. him Hulu. They told me YouTube, this, this could YouTube be, TV. This could be Adam here. Yeah. Hello. Can you tell me the fact that we had, like, junior high announcers and there weren't even any commercials as to why? I mean, I can see it's going to be on CBS. That's the time they picked. But why? What makes any sense at 5 o'clock on Big Ten Plus? Don't know. And Susan Harmon said they asked Iowa and they didn't really get a straight answer. I have no idea why they played at 5. All I know is there's a ton of complaints about BTN Plus. There should be. Yeah, well, it was buffering. Yes, the, it sure the, was. The sound was goofy. Because we watched the game after we got home, rewatched it, and it was buffering. Terribly. You rewatched the whole game? Uh-huh. And you call me weird. Well, here's the whole thing. It's it's the Mediacom court. So you watched a <laughs> whole 30-point game and then went home and watched it again. That's incredible. Well, yeah, but it did, didn't have any commercials or anything, so it was okay, only Okay, I'm an just hour saying, the next time you make fun of me for watching Andy Griffith episodes, I'm going to fire back with this nonsense. <laughs> okay, now, please understand, if we lose, I don't rewatch. We well, don't I know, I mean, that would be really weird, but it's weird enough by watching and then watching And again. Fair, fair enough. 
And yes, I did watch Andy Griffith episodes this morning. You know, with the understanding that at five o'clock, I was surprised, Tom. You said it wasn't a big S storm getting getting out and getting in. No, it wasn't but, bad, uh, huh? I, I couldn't just don't believe understand. It. There's an assumption that everyone's done for the week or what? But yeah. I, I don't know, but it, uh, I mean, the crowd was good. It wasn't full, but it was, uh, you know, it was a real good crowd. Okay. All right. Go Hawks. Yep. Go Hawks. Yes, go Hawks. Deb's on her way out. Yeah. It'll be 2024 by the time she turns right. <laughs> <laughs> she made a, pa- that pothole's got to be dealt with. That thing's getting I don't know. What do we massive. Do? What do we do? Well, I mean. Is there a way to pl- just get some dirt and fill it up or something? I mean, it's. It won't stay. It's one of the deeper ones you guys have had, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you know, you got to get a machine out there and a road grader type of thing. But you can't do that until the spring, though, really, can you? Not really. No. You're just going to have to deal with it. No, it, and it just gets, I think it's going to erupt. Well, eventually, maybe it'll <laughs> fill up with ice into where at least there won't be a drop-off when, we get, when it freezes. I've been pretty good about avoiding it. By well, you can avoid it. It's yeah. just getting bigger. I just noticed yeah. it today. I sort of hit it a little bit today, but I avoided it for the most part. I just couldn't believe how deep it is. It's a good six no, to eight it, inches deep. It is. Yeah. I just got my car back from Vic's Auto Body. How's it looking? Uh, looks great. Yeah. Hello. Hey, have you guys ever uh, tried called cold patch in your pothole out there in the lane? Cold patch? Yeah. The band. Eighteen bucks for a bag. Uh, we'll go with saving art. It's basically asphalt, but I, I put it. I put it on my uh, my lane a couple years back. Interesting. That's kind of what I was thinking. What, so what happens? Uh, you, you 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 pour it in the hole, uh, kind of like lava substance. Pour it in the hole like asphalt. You know, it's cold, and then uh, tamp it down if you had like a hand tamper or old pair of <laughs> work boots or something. You just kind of step on it, and it. Uh, yeah, you drive over it and keep a little extra out of that bag, or if you have to get two bags, and then you when Might you drive be worth over checking it, out. Does it have to be dry? No, nope. Okay, huh? Thanks okay. for the yeah. yeah, I had no idea. And what's it called again? Cold Patch. It's uh, backed by the paint department in Menards. All yeah. right. There's Northwest a, corner. There's a band yeah, called. Isn't you. there a band called Cold Patch? No, Cold Play. Cold Play. Do you know how? Why don't you do it? We'll pay you. Sounds good. I'll, I'll uh, be there by the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a little sarcasm sure in will. there. <laughs> we'll say the bags are 18. I'll charge you 25. Good. And then 25, cool. 25 bucks to do it. Cool. All right. You got deal. a deal. All right. You see me uh, out there. All, all right. right. <laughs> wow. Uh, bye. This is progress. Yeah. We're not doing a show on Christmas, are we? No. A very special well, you are, a Hawk Fanatic Christmas no. special. Christmas with, with, with me, you, and Hunter. Because he won't be here. No, no. I guarantee he won't be no, here. You guarantee no, we, correct. We've got, we've got, It'll uh, be me, Hunter, and one of those cats from outside. Yeah. Talking Hawks. Uh, but the women won by, what, 29 last night? Started a little slow. Yeah, it started but a Caitlin lot slow. Caitlin have 17 rebounds? Yes, she did. It was funny. I tweeted that she's the modern-day Wilt Chamberlain right away. No, she's Oscar. Wrong. She's Oscar Robinson. I'm like, okay, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right away, I got four or five people that fired right back saying, no, she's Oscar Robinson. And she should have had that many assists, but they blew a bunch of layups. Did they? Yeah, they did. Did she react to them when they blew them? Um, She didn't 
Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I love her reactions when her teammates <laughs> fail. I know she doesn't. It is just kind of. She you, doesn't mean to. I don't. But think, it's just but, human nature, and yeah. she's one of these people. She's so good at what she does. I think she gets frustrated when others aren't quite at her I, level. Yeah, probably. Here's Adam Holes. Speaking of somebody who's so good at what he does. Is this Adam? Hey, good morning, guys. How's good. the stock market? It's been doing pretty good the last couple of days. What's it doing today? Oh, it's, it's worth looking at. Um, today, the S&P is up 20 points. It's at 4,766. NASDAQ's up 70 points, sitting um, above 15,000, 15,034. And Dow's up 65 points and is at 37,469. So, cool. so why? What's causing this? Uh, I, I think some of the just basically, um, I think kind of conditions in the market. There's okay. obviously companies making money, and a lot of it too. You look at they call it that magnificent seven. You've got you know your Apple's and Google and Microsoft. A lot of those big companies. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 500 plus companies in the S and P 500, and you get these seven that really pull a lot of weight. And so, yeah, some of those are doing well, and again, some of the just profits and earnings and the reports coming through look good so hopefully it stays it feels good right now with the when people start looking at their statements hey let me ask you this uh, you because you just brought it up what do profits feel like (laughs) (laughs) i would think people have some extra money left over after they're paying all their bills Uh, okay all right on to the hawks a nice theory thanks adam (laughs) okay we've had the men played once the story in that game was brock harding had a double-double, 10 points, 12 assists. I mean, Adam, he's obviously the closest they have to a pure point guard, and he's going to play whether he starts or not. I, don't think, I think Fran's going to stick with this lineup. I, the one that he has now, maybe he won't. Maybe, But um, to me, I like what Harding's doing. He's the best. He's their Connor McCaffrey sort of, not as tall. But they got to get Bowen and Josh Dix going. To me, that's yeah, too. They got to get those two going because they're part of the rotation. They're going to play a lot, whether they. And right now, Josh Dix is. I don't think Desante's. He's just doesn't have any confidence right now in offense. Right? Can't you t- sense that? Uh, yeah, it, I think some of these guys are kind of playing. And, and again, the minutes are distributed. There's a lot of guys playing. There is. We've talked about this before. Some of France teams. I I would have struggled a little bit if you don't know on any given night if you're going to see a lot of minutes or you know if you come in and produce or. You know, he's trying to find different lineups, and especially if we're in a game where we're struggling to score or defensively we're not we're not doing our job. So, again, I think it's hard for some of these guys to kind of know where they fit. Um, but I'm with you. I mean, some of these guys, you know, like Dix and Bowen, it'd be nice to see them play to their potential. But on the flip side, you get a guy like Brock Harding. Harding, he is a really good point guard. And I, we saw highlights in high school and stuff over the summer mm-hmm. and even a few games this year. He's one of the true point guards that we've had, and we haven't really had a true. Point no, you're guard. right about that. Absolutely. He's, I mean, um, he doesn't need Connor, to score. He did some great things, but he he Connor was like a a coach on the floor. He could do a little bit of everything, and we really miss his presence. But now you've got a guy that I think for the next four years you can really develop him and make him a special point guard. I mean, he sees the floor in ways we haven't had guys that are, are able to do that. So I'm excited about his game. I know a lot of other guys here in town, buddies of mine, and they really like what he brings to the table. So, I mean, I might, if I'm Fran, I don't think it hurts to, to maybe look at putting Brock in that lineup as a, as a point guard. Cause our starting five, we don't have a true point guard in there. No, you're right about that. He's having Tony play that position. The thing is though, who do you take out Freeman? 
Although I don't know, I, I like I like the I, two big guys that in, I in do that too. lineup as well. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, it's a tough call. Either way, guys are getting minutes. Yes. But when you look at it, I, I don't think Tony's really a true point guard. No, he's not. Uh, no. no, he's not. He, I don't think Desante he, is either. I, I think agree. ideally, you notice Desante's had some of his best minutes when he's playing with Harding. Mm-hmm. Desante's problem though is he's just not finishing plays. He's good at getting to the basket. And what have you, but he's just seems so. And like when he shoots anything beyond five feet, you can just tell he hopes it's going in. I don't yeah. think he thinks it's going in, and that's a strong mental block to get over. You know that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and now's a nice little break. I always say mm-hmm. when you hit the, the Christmas break, a lot of good things can come from that. Not just this little, you know, kind of seven day stretch they get before they play their next game, but with no school in session, and you know they don't come back until really I think what mid January yeah. for school. This is a good time for those guys that are struggling mentally with shots to just get a bunch of shots up, and your only focus is getting better here these next three, four weeks. So um, if you're going to turn things around, now's the time to do it. And the thing with Harding, unlike like Bohannon, if Bohannon wasn't scoring, he was not much good to the team. Can we agree on that? I mean, he was a defensive liability at times. Harding is not great on defense. Just be, He's quick, but he doesn't have a lot of size. Teams are going to post him up. And do, but – he does not have to score on offense to be really good, and that's what they haven't had. Maybe Bryce Cartwright or Horner. Horner Horner scored a lot, but Jeff could also help in ways without scoring. Whereas that's the thing with Brock. He does not have to score to be effective on offense. I agree. And, and it would have been great to see a guy like, um, oh, some of the other teams that we had that had some really good scores and, mm-hmm. and guys that could finish at the rim. Having a guy like Brock Harding there that just he sees the floor and does things that – you know, other guys just don't do because they're not true point guards. You know, they're scoring guards and they can handle it. But um, I think it's going to be fun to watch his development as he goes through. And, and again, he's going to add strength and size. And you know, but it all comes down to right when you look at these teams and you look at some of these lineups, we got to play defense. Yes. And you know, I think these seniors really have to help impact the smaller, younger guys to say, hey, we we got to be a staple on defense first because we're not going to win games in the Big Ten if, if we're trying to again run a track meet. And beat teams, you know, 105 to 95. Like it's it's just not going to work. So well, hopefully we can start kind of again locking in a little bit more on defense. Well, Fran in his post. Season. I'm sorry, but Fran on his post game TV interview on the court was not happy with her. He said the defense in the first start of the game, first half, was the worst he could ever recall it. Was it terrible. And then he also said at the end of the first half you could tell he was pissed and Fran doesn't normally get that pissed about defense yeah. but he was not well I mean it, it was a close ball game I mean it was yes. 31-31 with 504 left in the first and then we finally had you know Patrick made a jumper I think uh, Tony made a jumper then we had like a couple layups there Harding had one I think um, you know Tony had another one and then it ended up being 50 to 36 at half yeah up until that point it was a disaster and I'm sure he was upset and he was was looking for different lineups just to, to lock in and some of those guys were shooting you know, some deep threes. There was like a bank three that went in, I remember. But other than that, I mean, you got a you got a team coming in, and I know the crowd wasn't great. You've got to defend, and that's going to make this offense just really, really click, in my opinion. So what were they not – What if you had to pick one or two things that they just weren't doing on defense during that, what stood out to you the most? I think guys get a lot of open shots. I mean, I, I feel like teams have good shooting nights on us and are getting good looks. Um, I don't know if we – we definitely need to pressure a little bit more. Sometimes we're chasing, you know, if, um, you know, teams are coming off screens or we just feel a step behind. But, uh-huh. uh, and again, I, I don't know what the, what the scheme is going into the game. Uh, but again, you got to just stick with defensive principles. You can't get burned. You got to talk and help. 
Uh, I do like when we mix stuff up and, you know, mm-hmm. some of the, the three-quarter court press yeah. stuff. Uh, we're really good at some of that. But, again, we've got to maintain that intensity. Even when the next group comes in, we can't have any drop-offs. Well, what's harder to sustain, help defense consistently or transition defense? It's a good question. I think it depends on the team. Okay. Um, and, again, we've got a different lineup of guys that come in all the time. I think, you know, I look back on my playing days and – you know, we kind of had a staple of seven, eight guys that played, but really your top seven probably played a lot of yeah. minutes together. And so, you know, he is trying to figure some stuff out with the staff of, you know, what what's working, who plays well together. And so, again, I think defensively those guys all have to, as much as it is offense, on the defensive end too, you've got to make sure everybody's reading each other well and communicating and you've got my back and – we have a little flow to that that defensive end. Mm-hmm. Now, if if we go under the assumption that that Brock Harding is our best point guard, so I think he's the only point guard. Well, yeah, and then <laughs> okay, and then start him and have Patrick come off the bench as some instant offense because he can get he can put some points up in a hurry. I don't know. I think it well, might work. Yeah, you know, Patrick started the first couple of games, these last couple, off pretty hot. He did. Kinda, we don't see him in a while, but then, you know, you look at the box score, he had 14 points, and he did mm-hmm. some really nice things, shot it well. Uh, that starting lineup is interesting when you look at the size. I mean, you throw in Freeman and Kriki, you got Patrick, you got Peyton, and you got Perkins. I mean, that's a big lineup. Um, and again, but there's no real true point guard in there. Uh, but a lot of those guys can handle it. I think that's another difference. If, if you've got a fast break or somebody's bringing the ball up the court, Tony handles it well. So does Peyton. Patrick can. Um, those guys can feel confident with the ball in their hands. But, yeah, we shot it much better, uh, 50% overall. And then still from three-point, we were 6-23, to which isn't great. But if we make shots, I think that impacts our defense a little bit. I know it should go the other way. You know, defense leads to offense. But I feel like when we're mm-hmm. playing our better offensive basketball, it just seems like we're locked in a little bit better. I think if Bowen and Dix – could become more consistent as scores. I think you're going to have some lineups where it's Harding, Bowen or Dix, Perkins, and then two six nine guys up front. That's that'd be six nine six nine, or you could have Sanford six nine six seven, Perkins six four, Bowen six two. Mm-hmm. I can see Bowen and Harding and Dix playing together. I mean, I and I, th- but I don't think right now Fran has enough confidence in Bowen offensively to do. And but somebody has to be a, There has to be somebody else play point guard besides Harding. Would it be Bowen? Is it Bowen in your eyes? Yeah, I think I think that would be probably my my second. Okay, you know, go to for point guard. But don't you Absolutely. think his best position is shooting guard, Bowen? If he even though he's not shooting very well. Well, I think sometimes too, it's like what role am I in? You mm-hmm. know, if, you, if you're with a group of guys and you're running the offense, you're kind of the quarterback. What do I got to do to set my team up and and get my teammates shots? I think that's one thing Brock Harding comes in and does right away. Yes. He's looking for opportunities to get guys open and get them the ball mm-hmm. in a scoring position. I, I think sometimes you just have to switch that role up a little bit. And now, you know, if you're a two guard and you're playing with Brock, you got to be looking for your shot. But if you're the point guard, it doesn't mean he can't score or can't shoot. But a lot of times, you know, I think back to the days when I played with, with Horner, he understood kind of being the, the floor leader out there and getting us in position getting us in spots, settling down the offense if it got a little crazy, bringing it back out. Um, that's part of the thing of, of being a really good point guard is just feeling what's going on out there and, uh, again, settling things down and getting guys the ball uh, with opportunities to score. And I think the one thing Fran's got going for him with this guard rotation, you know, where I don't think feelings are going to get – all four are going to play. And I starting – I get it. It's a reward and what have you. But I, 
But like Fran has said, all four of these guys have to play. Brock Harding can't play 38 minutes, and there's going to be nights, Adam, you know, where defensively he may be a mismatch. I mean, yep. and that they'll have to maybe use some length. I mean, that's, matchups are a big part of it too, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think as you get into the Big Ten and you see some of these teams, whether it's small ball or, or big, you know, size that, that you know, we're going to face, um, you know, Purdue's a matchup nightmare. But, again, I, I do – I really like Josh Dix's game. I think I do he's too. got a lot in his bag of, you know, skills that he can definitely use. He's just one of those guys, too, that I think is very um, – he's quiet. You know, he could have 20 very points, and, yeah. and you're not going to really realize it. He's not super flashy, but – you know, you'd like to see over a break guys like Josh really get that confidence. And I know he spends a lot of time in the gym and he's working on his game, getting better. And uh, again, he's one or two, maybe games of just kind of breaking out of his shell. And once that happens, and I think the team feeds him a little bit more, I mean, we're, we're going to want him to score and he can score a lot of different ways. He can. And he's, I mean, he can make threes, but he had a move and a basket in that game the other day in the lane where he was kind of fading to his left. He took yep, off off one, one foot. That kind of reminded me of how you scored. I mean, you scored a lot of baskets. He he is 6'4". He's legitimate. I mean, he's got size and length, and that's that's where I think they got to get he and Bowen going. I just I, And I, I think it's great what Harding has brought to this team. And I think, it's, I mean, Owen Freeman has won Big Ten Freshman of the Year four times, and like we said Monday, <laughs> no knock on Owen Freeman. But what's that tell you about the other freshmen in the conference? Well, but, I mean, some of the numbers he was putting up, though, were, were really good for a freshman. Um, and, again, we're, we're super young. And I know, you know, just talking to through people in town and in the community, you got to look. Some of these teams have some grown, you know, men on the team where, you know, you got 23, 24-year-olds, these transfer guys, you know, coming back for a fifth or, mm-hmm. you know, sixth year with COVID. We're super young. I mean, we got some, some season bets on our team. But, all in all, you just name those names of, you know, Harding, Dix, Bowen, um, Price Sanford, uh, Owen Freeman. I mean, those are young guys and first that and are really players. Just, exactly. And so, I like this team. I like what Fran's built here. It's just going to take a little bit of time to get these guys. Um, you know, especially when you're playing against these teams that are, again, kind of a hodgepodge of guys that are that are older and veterans. And so, the future's bright. It, it, it's a fun group to watch, and I love. I mean, there's so many connections on here between Moline and Rock Island, and you got, you know, local Iowa City guys, you know, Illinois, Mm -hmm. Des Moines. um, So there's a lot to root for. Canada. Canada. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Adam, what do you think about uh, Evan Bruns? Have you liked what you've seen of him, the little you've seen of him? Yeah, I like the toughness he brings. I mean, he's gotten big, strong. He's always been a a leaper. He is Um, big. He is. It's good to see, you know, somebody – Again, watching him all through his time when he was at Regina, then was at West. I mean, he's uh, I, I, again. I I sympathize with those guys because I was in that role too. You grew up in the state. You want to be a Hawkeye. It's, it's it's awesome moments to see him, you know, suiting up and contributing out there. I was thinking, you played for Eustace for one year. What would he have thought of that defense to start that game the other night? <laughs> uh, we would have. It would have been a death march the next day in practice. Because that was his thing, right? I mean, didn't you say you spent most of your time practicing defense? We did very little offense. I mean, certainly um, there was never really any skill development. Um, and it's weird. There wasn't a whole lot of time to do it. I mean, as soon as we were in the gym, we did a lot of you know running conditioning, and it was toughness drills. It was a lot of rebound defense, defensive drills. And uh-huh. then 
defensive transition. I mean, he was a stickler on on a get-back drill that we just weren't going to give up anything and, you know, easy in transition. So, you know, there was just not a lot of focus on offense. And when I came to Iowa, you know, Steve really had a, a focus on offense, but defensively too. I mean, he uh, we had half the practice offense, half on defense. Which is how I think it and should it, be. Yeah, and, and a lot of times too we would have breakdowns where, hey, bigs go down here, uh, work on stuff, guards are going to go here, and then we'd come back together as a group, and then we might split off again and do more skill work even during the season, which is, I mean, in my opinion, super important. Sure. But yet Iowa State at that time, just it was not a priority. It was a lot of defense rebounding and um, again, you look at some of the, the teams he produced, some of the best defensive and rebounding teams in the yeah, country. Yeah, you don't sure. get that way unless you're, you're putting a lot of time into it. So is it fair to say that practice got to be a grind? <laughs> yeah. If I was going to say, like, everybody looked forward to practice, I'd be lying. Cause okay. It was uh, – a lot of it was competing against your, your buddies in a real physical way, which I'm okay. always – I love doing. But it got to the point, too, where, you know – Guys were going at it pretty hard, and it was a lot of, again, defensive, rebounding, throwing guys on the ground and toughness stuff. It definitely made me a, a much tougher player. And, you know, going from high school to that, it was a big leap, but it was that for everybody. It didn't matter if you came from a JUCO or, uh, you know, you're a seasoned guy. I mean, it was uh, he was all about toughness and tough-minded teams, and I think he got a lot out of some of those teams. Obviously, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, he was very – it's just amazing that somebody like Jamal Tinsley, who I think of, I think of just offense and passing, and for Larry to be able to get him to come there and buy into that. No, that was a, that was an impressive run. But yeah, um, I'm sure there were times though where you guys struggled on offense, and maybe you're saying to yourself, you know, I mean, we don't really work on this. Did you, do you ever think in your one year there, the lack of offensive preparation hurt you guys in games? Um. I, and I don't want to say we didn't do any, but it was just it was, it was I know a very night and, night and day difference from when I came to Iowa. Just the focus on some of the offensive uh, stuff that we did and the shooting. You know, I, Larry would not take a whole big chunk of practice and, and get guys a bunch of shots and, and shooting drills. Or you know, if we were running a certain offense, where where's the guards really going to get their shots from this game? You know, or if there's a zone, uh-huh. what kind of shots are we looking for? You know, on the backside, we we would spend significant time on that. At Iowa, at Iowa State, we did not. But, again, he really thought defense would, would create a lot of the offensive oh, opportunities, and, and, and a lot of it, it did. It did, when yeah. you got guys like Jamal Tinsley on the team, he, you don't need an offense. I mean, Jamal's <laughs> going to just make plays happen. Yeah, he was good. No, he, he really was. Now, I, I assume you would have loved to have played in Fran's system, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, would, I think Fran, you know what, he's a, he loves uh, – you know, his players, and you can tell, and he's going to stick up for him, and he's going to fight for him, and, you know, he, uh, he's he got the ultimate green light. I mean, rarely do you see a guy pull and, you know, make a bad shot, and he's going to put you on the bench. I mean, he may talk to you and have a conversation, but, you know, when Peyton was going through his struggles last year, Fran was one of his biggest uh, – was it last year or the year before? Um, Fran was one of his biggest uh, fans saying, yeah. he's got to keep shooting. He's got to get out of this. Like, I'm, I'm supporting him 100%. And I really do believe that because you could see it. And with Fran, it's usually not the shot that's taken. It's like the other night. I think he got mad at Peyton one time. He took a, f- a shot near the top of the key really early in transition, mm-hmm. and I think Fran wanted them to a little, make them work a little bit on. I never see him complain about 
the type of shots taken, it's when it's taken. And he brought something up in um, the press conference the other day that he rarely will question where the shot's taken on the court. But there he goes, there's times where I want us to work it around so they have to work a little bit on defense. And I, I get that. So, okay, they got Northern Illinois. And I, yep. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think they're going to win that game. And then they'll be eight and five going back into Big Ten play. I mean, they've you know you'd like to be a little better. You don't have a huge margin for error, but I mean, and then who's their first big at it, Wisconsin? It's at Wisconsin. Yeah. There's a very good chance they could be zero three. And yeah, I mean, then you, got, then you got Rutgers and Nebraska at home. And I know we. Uh, I saw your um, your tweet that Nebraska gave at home on the twelfth. Did they change that to eight thirty? And I tweeted, yeah, that's going to help attendance. I mean, eight thirty is just ridiculous. But what do you do? You got to make the best of it. I think they'll win those games, but you know, I mean, you never know. But there's a good chance they'll be zero and three. Although the other night I watched Wisconsin, Wisconsin, they at times they just look like man, they're running that old guard system. It's great. Then other times they look like they can't score. I mean, I so, so if they're zero and three, how much do you worry about the mental state of this team? What's like you said, there are some young players in the rotation. If, if yeah, they, I think you just take it one game at a time, Pat. I really do. Um, there's not much you – I mean, you can't keep looking ahead. And I don't think they do. They don't. But, I do. Um, they don't. Yeah, and, and I do too, right? As a fan, you're looking ahead like we are today and we're talking about it. Really, when you're in the season and you're in that mode, you're really not because it's like the next prep, all you're thinking about is Northern Illinois on the mm-hmm. 29th. And so when that when that game is over, you may come back and watch film for a session. You know, maybe. Sometimes those coaches will throw that out and be like, it's done. But then you're moving on into Brad, or, uh, Wisconsin, you know, just a couple days later. And then really that Big Ten season gets going. Um, and from there, it's just it's like every two, three days it feels like you're playing or, you know, you're just in solid prep for the next game. And they're so, going to have to go 10-8 and eight to finish to finish 500. I think 500 is the threshold for NCAA tournament And if champions. we lose at Wisconsin, then, which is likely, then they've got to go 10-7 and seven from there. Yeah, so it's going to be – And I forget – well, and I forget last year too, but it feels like <laughs> – you guys can correct me, but since we've kind of gone to this Big Ten that starts before Christmas break, it feels like we're always kind of 0-2 or <laughs> we're kind of digging ourselves a hole yes. we got to dig out of. And yes. It's, it's, it's not one of those where I'm sure Fran and the staff want to be when you're, you know – going to hit a couple Big Ten games and then a couple out-of-conference games and you come back and you're like, well, we're 0-2 to start off and it just feels like a hole. Well, I think part of it's because they keep playing Purdue. Yeah. That doesn't help. <laughs> True. That, that, <laughs> no, does, that does not help having to play Purdue. But, yeah, it's just I'm not crazy about the early Big Ten. I don't know why they just don't play the non-conference and then go, but whatever. That's a little thing to, to pick on. So um, when you look at the Big Ten right now, I think we saw Michigan State was 4-5 and five, and I watched them dismantle. Baylor just destroyed them. So I think they've said, yeah, we've struggled. We haven't played to our potential, but hey, don't forget about us. Did you see any of that game? I did a little bit, yeah. I mean, they just, that looked like Michigan State. Tough on defense, ran well. Michigan State's problem is there's just nights where they can't hit shots. They just, I know, they, and, and they're a danger. I was looking at that this morning, too, when I was kind of looking, prepping a little bit for the call. I mean, that is a team that's sitting last in the Big Ten, Michigan State, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to play them. <sighs> Any time of the year. No. No, especially up there. Especially up there. If they can get someone besides Tyson Walker to make perimeter shots, they're, they're going to be tough. I mean, obviously well, – per- go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, too, like some of those sleepers, like Fred's got Nebraska playing really well yes, right now. Yes, he does. Um, and then you think about, you know, Northwestern. I mean, they're 9-2 and two right now, mm-hmm. and they knocked off Purdue earlier on. And, again, I, I just think this, this Big Ten is – I mean, Michigan played really well against us, and they're 6-6. Six and six, and right. I – I know they had a really good 
they got a lot of good stuff out of the post that game. But, again, I, there's not going to be any real easy nights in this. I think years ago you could say, hey, this looks like a win on paper, win, win. It's going to be really hard to find wins in this conference. I've even watched Minnesota a couple times this year. They look better. They, they do look ben better. Ben Johnson yeah, looks like he's – he looks like he's slowly doing an okay job there because, uh, no, the, and then where's that Jamison Battle who used to be at Minnesota? He now plays at Ohio. I can't even keep up with it. I mean, these roster changes. The, the teams just look so different. Yeah. It, I, I really don't know hardly any of the players anymore. It, it really is. I mean, that guard, remember the, uh, what was his name, the Spencer guard? Yep. He's now at Connecticut. I mean, it's there, just. Again, this is why I stick up for Fran all day long, and I appreciate the way he's doing it. I do it. too. I mean, if you want to be one of those programs that does that, you certainly can. Sure. I just don't know if that's good for the culture and um, even for fans. I mean, we've got to make sure we're going out and supporting this team and in person. But these are great kids and not anything against the other teams, but it's, hey, if I'm not getting the time or I want more money or this or that, these, it's, a, it's a shuffleboard mm-hmm. and they're going all over the place. But I like the consistency that Fran's kind of established here in this uh, kind of new world we're in with college athletics i prefer it that way and too. it's looking more actually now like like pros because where that you don't know who's coming back uh, the next year and it's i don't think it's a good thing i don't well, i don't either are making more money than going into the pros i mean if you look at some big donors or you know you get like nil stuff i mean some of these guys are making significant money and these you know boosters or whatever you want to call them are saying hey you come back another year here's a million bucks you know, like, mm-hmm. and it's here on the table. You don't have to go searching and wonder if you're going to get drafted or if you're going to land on a G League team or go overseas. Like, it's here right now. So I think you're seeing some of these guys stick around a little bit more because it is. It's it's money's involved, and um, you almost want to go to the highest bidder. I mean, if USC or yep. Kentucky or one of those is going to offer big money, I mean, how did these kids say no? Well, a lot of them don't. Well, a lot of them are fringe NFL or NBA players, too. They got a chance. I read yep. something. I can't remember the athlete. He was making, I think, $2.7 million for his one, which would have been more than where he was projected to be drafted. So, I mean, yeah, you're just staying in college. To... Well, and you think of a guy like Luca. I mean, Luca's tearing it up in the G League. Yeah. If anybody's been seeing his stat line. It, it is frustrating that a kid like that's not um, – I shouldn't say kid. He's a grown man, but – if he's how he's not finding a spot I don't on get some it. of these NBA teams that are that are really struggling and not really, you know, having any success, he's just a he's an ultimate team guy. And again, you look at him, what would be his price in college to oh, say? I mean, he's, oh my God, he's a player of the year candidate, but maybe his game doesn't translate exactly to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Although I'll say he's made a lot of different um, improvements on his game to to fit. But a guy like that, he's you pay him as much as you could because he's going to make a difference. I mean, didn't Hunter, game. didn't Hunter Dickinson make at least a million and a half? to? Oh, at least. And I think, Adam, you know, the NBA told him, yeah, you could maybe – I don't think he was a lock to go in and just walk onto an NBA roster. That's part of the reason I think he's back too. Yeah. I wanted to ask, how about – think of this one. Tim Dwight was drafted fourth round in 98 draft. Imagine him in today's age, someone like Tim could could, could come back and probably make more money in college as opposed to being a fourth-round pick. I mean, could you have imagined Tim Dwight with name, image, and likeness? What that would have been like? <laughs> well, I told you guys, he, he, when I was growing up, that was that was my idol, especially when it came to football. Now, he was a big deal and uh, just super electric, and I agree. I mean, a guy like that would be all over everything, high V, car yeah. dealerships, you yeah. name it. 
He'd be like Caitlin is. Yeah, that number six was everywhere. I I, I remember that. So, okay, um, I I look at this um, Big Ten race, and the one thing they've already lost once at home. I mean, they have how you know they're not going to run the table at home. But man, Adam, don't you think they can't afford to lose maybe more than one or two more home games to have a legitimate chance to get in the tournament to stay above five hundred or around it? They got to protect this home court. They do. Yeah, I mean it's. And we're going to have Purdue at home uh, on the 20th. And you got, you know, some, some big teams coming in, Ohio State. You got, I mean, just, it's, it's going to be a gauntlet. So, but again, take it one game at a time. These, these young guys, I'm, I'm going to be interested. It's going to be fun to talk about this in a month to see where they, you know. Yeah. Because, again, Brock Harding's made some significant strides from the first part of the season until just last game where he had 12 assists and had a double-double. What's it going to look like? For these guys like Dix and everybody, you know, come four weeks from now, hopefully mm-hmm. we're seeing, you know, that real improvement and confidence in this team. All right, we got a phone call for you, Adam. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Hey. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, good morning. Hey, just jumping back to Luca Garza. You know, I know I follow him quite a bit, and he is just tearing it up in the G League. Don't you think the Wolves are just hanging on to him for future and just not willing to trade him? I don't know. It's a good question, and it's hard to speculate um, what those back offices are are thinking. But, again, a a guy that is that productive uh, in the G League, and that's a good league, and there's a lot of good players in there. I don't know. And even the minutes he has gotten in the NBA, I just – you look at a guy like George Yang that was at Iowa State, and he's made a, a really nice career in the NBA. Yes, he has. i got to think Luka, I know they're not exactly the same kind of player, but, man, Luka's got a spot in that league, and I, I, I hope he gets the right team an opportunity to give him some minutes. So what is it? They're 12-man rosters, right? Yeah, they can carry. I mean, I'm, I'm probably wrong on this, but when I was there, I think you could have 14 or 15. 12 could suit. Okay. So, I, But then again, that was before this whole G League thing where – I would say that was probably my when I was in there and I wasn't getting minutes and I was injured for a, a portion of that time. I was kind of wanting to go to the G League or sure. D League at the time to play because you know even though you practice every day and you warm up for games, you weren't suiting up and you weren't going to get in. So you know I, I think it's great for guys to get them down, let them rehab or go play, but then pull them back up when there's an injury or you're going to need them for some minutes. So what? What is he lacking as somebody who played in the NBA? What I mean, it's obviously it's not shooting. I mean, is it defensive quickness? I mean, what is he lacking to where you he can average 35 and 15 in the G League and not get on an NBA roster? From what you can tell, where is his weakness? I don't really – I mean, you've got guys in there. Now, I'm not comparing him to Jokic, but, I mean, there's guys in there that aren't super quick and are just really smart guys, can mm-hmm. finish, can shoot, can pass. I, I think there's a role for him. I mean, it – that's the thing in that league. You don't have to be good at everything, and you don't have to be the most athletic guy. But you've got to find one or two things that you're really good at, and how do you complement the team? We got the NBA has the best scorers in the world, mm-hmm. you know, on those teams. Now, how do you fit in? And I, that's what I think would be interesting with Luca because he's such a team guy, and he's such a and he's going to fit any role, and he can shoot it. Yeah, and he's he's a long six eleven. Yeah, he may not be the super bounciest guy in the world, but I, he's going to give you hustle minutes if. You can't find eight minutes, nine minutes on the floor for that guy, especially on an 82-game yeah, you know, schedule. 
I don't get it. And how often does the 11th or 12th man on the roster play? I mean, it would just be nice knowing that you have a 6'11 guy who can shoot. Yeah, I just, I just don't get it why he hasn't been able it to stay. just stick. has to be a place for him. There has yeah. to be. Yeah, so. Well, and I remember when I was in New Orleans, uh, Ryan Bowen, right? He yeah. made a nice career. He, he did. Not only as a player, but as a coach. I mean, when Ryan would go in there, he was super electric, and it was seven, eight minutes. I mean, he was going to go hard. Yep. He was going to get every offensive rebound or a tip or a steal or dive on the floor. I mean, that's a role Luca can really play, um, and, he, and he can score. So, again, Luca always played hard um, both ends of the floor. I'd, I'd love to see him get some minutes. The beauty of Ryan Bone, he could guard small forwards. He could guard yeah, he power could. forwards. He could guard centers. He could actually guard shooting guards. He was 6'8", 6'9", with just incredible quickness. And great loud. athlete. Yeah, he was a great athlete. I watched that, him play high school tennis. He had. Yeah, yeah. No, your <laughs> tennis background. He was just very quick, and so uh, – yeah. Well, listen, we've already, I mean, we could go on forever. I mean, you got one left? I do. Uh, do, Your thoughts about the women's basketball team to this point? Uh, I think uh, where they're sitting record-wise, I mean, they easily could be undefeated. But I think uh, with some of the preseason games they've had so far, it was good to kind of come back and beat Kansas State um, on a neutral floor. I think they're going to be all right. I mean, we're going to get tested in the Big Ten, but – I think some of these young girls are, you know, like even Hannah, she's she's really coming into her own, and we're going to have to have some other players definitely step up. Uh, Keaton's putting a lot on her shoulders, but she is. it's, uh, it's going to be fun and hopefully make another big run. You just never know. Susan Harmon had an interesting article on um, Sharon Goodman starting to emerge. She's averaging nine, six rebounds. Mm-hmm. She's starting to kind of – Maybe take that center position because I still say ideally their best lineup is with Hannah Stolke at power forward. Yeah, I, and Sid is playing just great. She is. Yeah, a, she's a dog in and there. She can go back and forth between guard and forward, but they need that post player, and you're starting to see that with Sharon Goodman. Adam, great yeah, stuff. Like see, you know, well, I was just going to say too. I'd like to see Gabby. You know, really kind of get hot again. Yes. She was a big part of last year when we made the big Big Ten tournament run and yep. then NCAA. So because her defense is great. on that team that I think we can. You know, in some of these games, again, once Christmas break kind of gets settled down here, hopefully some of these guys can really start uh, getting a little extra time in the gym to shoot, and we'll see what happens. You going anywhere for Christmas? Nope. Uh, I'm going to go to Carroll uh, for well, a day that's or two. And then, yeah, and then we're going to go to Decor for, I think, a day or two to see my family. Well, compared to me, we'll, you're uh, actually going all over the place. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to leave well, my living room. I'm not going to hop in a plane or, or go anywhere too far. So what's Decor? What's the connection up there? My parents live up there now. Oh, they um, do? Okay. They've been up there for, I don't know, six years or so, seven. They've, what brought uh, them up there, if you mind me asking? So my dad ended up retiring as a, he was a school principal yeah, I mean. in Carroll. And then my uncle was up in Decorah, and there was an opening at a, a Catholic school up there to be a administrator principal. Oh, okay. And so he did it kind of on an interim basis and then ended up working out that uh, he kind of took it over full time. So. Okay. You know, I've never been to Decorah. So you, are you kidding? Me? I've you never been to Decorah, Iowa. You believe that? I've been told yeah, by people that they, the people that live there love it. They say it's great. It's I've pretty. never, I've never been there. It's pretty up there. So um, I've been seeing this TV commercial. How many of your clients are actually the uh, husband and wife are buying each other? $95,000 Range Rovers for Christmas presents. <laughs> I don't have one. 
I get a kick out of those commercials. Yeah. Those, are, those are great commercials with yeah. the bow on top. And the eight, the $2.5 million house that they're walking out of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty realistic. And it's so. up secluded in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. Adam, I asked my wife if she was going to get me a, a car this year with a bow on top of it, and she was not amused. She get you a Hot Wheel from IV. Well, Adam, great stuff right, as so usual, man. I appreciate you coming on. With short, I didn't give him any notice. I reached yeah. out to him yesterday. That's my fault. But you guys have a Merry Christmas and yes. look forward to doing this when we get back in the new year. Awesome, guys. Yep, go Hawks. Have a great uh, Christmas. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Go Hawks. Thanks, Adam. Great. He's such a nice guy. Yes, he, he is. is. He really is. Always has such Those good commercials in. just piss me off. Those commercials, they are a little ridiculous. Well, yeah, they're, yeah. They've got this gigantic brick house, a mansion in the mountains, and then they bought each other Range Rovers. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I notice a lot of commercials. Too. Nice work if you can get it. Have you guys. noticed how many commercials there are with mixed marriages now? And I'm yeah. not. Uh, no. I'm fine. Mixed marriage, fine. But it just seems like at times no. they're kind of shoving it down our. <laughs> you get that? There's a lot of. There's them. just. I mean, there's. I mean, yeah. I just. And that's fine. Like I said, I don't want to sound like a racist. I'm living in the '50s. I'm just surprised at how many mixed marriage commercials there are. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. Are you? But there are, we, there's uh, tons of them. Yeah, but there's. Oh, I know, and I, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I'd marry Beyonce in a heartbeat if she was interested. You, <laughs> you know? think you'd be on her list of? I think you know eligible guys. I think. Yeah, you would be on her list until she'd be listening hey, today. Let's she'd be watch like, Sandy Griffith, and she'll go, "Who's that?" No, she'd be listening. She'd, I'd be on her list until she's like, "He only gets an hour-long show." I mean, if that was a longer show, maybe I'd consider him. But an hour, that ain't nothing. She'd look at then the, she'd move on. the little Christmas presents you got her and say, what, no vehicle, you cheap? It is funny, though, that people there are people on Twitter that get pissed off at the mixed marriage commercials. They let stuff like that. Seriously? Oh, God, yeah, yeah I no, see people, people bitching like, about it all the time. Yeah. I'm, saying, I'm just surprised at how many there are. I mean, it's very progressive. But, yeah, I'm not upset about it. I mean, the things that people get upset about... It's just woke. I mean, no, I, I don't understand. I mean, God damn it. I mean, Halle Berry, I'd marry her. I'd... You think Twitter gets mad at that? You should see them when there's a commercial with a same-sex couple. Yeah, and they kiss. Oh, yeah, and they're yeah. snuggling and stuff. They don't like that. Snuggle with me, Tommy. Maybe later. we got the Hall of Fame coming up. There <laughs> went lunch. <laughs> and dinner. And dinner. And... Hey, let me ask you this. Yeah. Are you happy with YouTube TV? Yeah. And I'm on? Yeah, I really yeah. am. Okay. Because that's what I'm, th- I'm thinking of, just going to, to Ivan with the fiber and YouTube TV. And so lots of streaming. Hunter just told me they're raising it again. What? Uh, cable. Well, it's good. I've been told by, when I talked to the MediaCom person, she basically told me it's going to raise by at least 30 bucks every year. Yeah. Every year. Well, they just raised it. I mean, my... We're paying three hundred. I pay. I pay two thirty three a month, but that was only because I agreed to it. It was at three oh eight, and I just called. I'm like, I can't do this, and they're like, Well, we'll put you on a. So they put me on a promotion thing for two thirty three. That's after taxes. I mean, it's really one ninety five, but they tax the hell out of you. Yeah, you do. just get. I mean, it's like forty bucks a month in well, taxes. I, it's just. I'm watching I, I TV has become so annoying. You know, I mean, it I really... mean, well, I got, I mean, the channels I watch are on YouTube TV. It's $72 a month. Uh, and if I can get I'm on for like, uh, you know, I have to get the fast I'm on, but if it's 90 or 100, it's that's still 172. I get an I'm on yeah. thing in my mailbox probably once a week yeah. from I'm on. I yeah. mean, they're, they're trying to. Keep... I mean, I called yesterday. I said, listen, this is. 
and they didn't offer me anything. She said, well, get a Roku and go to YouTube TV. Well, no, that's the first thing they suggested. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I go, but I will seriously consider switching. And then that's when they like, well, listen, we'll put you on a... I've, I've been with them since 2002. I've been with them. So uh, I think that helps. Since 2006. Because they brought up the fact, oh, you've been a loyal customer for a... I yeah. think that helped. But yeah, 233 that's expensive. But It I think is. It's a little is. different than 308 Well, yeah. To pay $300 for... Well, I'm going to... Uh, I will call them one more time and say, look, I'm going to drop you um, and uh, see if they do anything about it. I'm not going... I'll tell them I'm not going to YouTube. You either drop drop the damn thing or... What if they said yeah, adios, slick? Well, then they then that adios, made my slick. yeah yeah that made my decision very easy. Do you like it when people call you slick? Uh, I've been called skipper. I've had a high V. A kid checking Bob out. Bob Royce always called me. Skipper. I had a kid at High V. He looked like he's about sixteen. He called me chief. <laughs> when he was checking me out, this was a couple of years. I got. A, I just got a kick out of that chief. <laughs> slick is a. That's a derogatory. They're making fun of you if they call you slick. I think they think you're taking yourself too serious. Bob Royce always called. Isn't slick kind of a dated skip. term or not? Oh, they're all. Yeah. It's like saying, like, yeah. "Boy, that was a hoot." Yeah. Hoot's yeah. a dated. A hoot. Term. I like hoot. I use hoot. It's yeah. a dated. It's a dated. <laughs> yeah. But it's dated. It Very dated. Hoot. Hoot. Yeah. My could have been Captain Hoot. My dad's favorite. And then he could have been uh, Jim Holler. Hoot and Holler in the morning. <laughs> how about, I'd listen how to about that. Pinhead? My dad used to call people Pinheads. <laughs> or big-time operators. And the other one he loved was has-beens who never were. <laughs> oh, that guy was a has-been who never was. I remember him saying that a lot. Hoot and Holler in the morning. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd listen to that. Uh, crap. I think I would. So, too. um, what today is Friday, right? Yeah. Now, are yeah. we doing a show tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the, but we aren't Christmas though. I don't have to come out here, right? No. no. Is it you and Lang? I would like you to come out here, Hunter. Right? Are you here Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. You guys get here at do the five to ten? Yeah. No, five to nine. Five to nine. And then we've got uh, uh, Rob Spiewak's Christmas Extravaganza. What does that consist of? Christmas music for three hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And it's a lot of Christmas music that you haven't heard for a while. <laughs> okay. I'm not a big Christmas, not a big Christmas music fan. I love Little Drummer Boy. I like Two Thousand Miles by the Pretenders. That's a great song. Um, Christmas Time by Have Yourself a Merry Christmas by I the love Christmas Time by the just, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, I do. Great too. song. I've got that, that is album. A great song. And I've told you, and I would not steer you wrong. Have you seen the Christmas movie Prancer? No. You and Ann should watch it. I think you'd like it. It's with Sam Elliott. It came out in 1989. It's a really good Christmas right. movie. We'll check it out. I, I, I led you down the right path with the water yes, horse. Yes, you did. Which is still on channel 883 every once in a while. I woke up the other day, and it was on at like 8 in the morning. And it's one of those where if I see it, I just can't stop watching it. No, the water horse was great. Crusoe. Crusoe the water horse. Yeah. Um, Emily Watson was great. That scene at the beach... On the beach there, where the, she finally learns that the water horse is real. Yeah, that was great acting in that scene. No, just, it was a real. I mean, good she's show. A, she's good, but but no, you would like Prancer. It's a yeah. it's a it's just a down to earth Christmas movie about family. And no, it's 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 good. Have you ever seen it, Prancer? No. Yeah, it came out in 1989. For some reason, they've been playing it a lot on HBO and stuff like that. But I would recommend that for anybody who wants to watch. Playboy it. Channel has Vixen on it. Yeah. I don't think there is a Vixen. I don't know why they chose. Um, I, don't know I why think they... it's a, a different kind of thing. <laughs> uh, isn't there Donner and. Yes. But Blessed. this is not that Vixen. Oh, you're talking porn? 
Well, soft are, are we going back to porn again? Yes. <laughs> yeah, are we you... going back to porn again? <laughs> it's like we're always on porn. It's either porn or Brommel Camp, man. That's where your mind is. <laughs> hey, Todd's been off now for 58 minutes. What do you think he's doing? Huh? What do you think he's doing? Porn. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay, well, that's... We done? We're going to do it. We're going to go off of YouTube with this wonderful program, which will remain on YouTube. And then uh, we will be coming back on YouTube with the 2023 Police Reports Hall of Fame. There you oh, go. All right. Well, we'll be, I can wish we'll everybody be a Merry tomorrow. Christmas tomorrow. Yep. HawkFanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.